I think one thing that we've all been talking about is sharing stories, right? So the more we all share stories, the more we understand about each other. That right there was Chris Time Steel, and you're listening to the Classic Part Podcast. Akira. I give everyone a chance cause the doctors that abort me I killed the negative, now the world can't ignore me I ate the planet and I vomited lava I flushed the toilet on the gossip and drama No time to be tired, only to be inspired Cause I write to light people's minds on fire Turn my doubt to ashes, let this be my greatest song Every track's a classic, who cares if it gets hated on I wrote this to the typewriter, rain on the roof and the this is the Classic Park Podcast. This podcast is about hip-hop and what it means to be a dope MC. Hip-hop started in the 1970s as an un- underground urban movement that began to develop in South Bronx in New York City. It first started focusing on parties, breakouts, and stuff like that. Some DJs even used wiring from street lamps to rock block parties. The elements of hip-hop are the DJ, rapping, breakdancing, and graffiti. Hip-hop influenced the way we dress and talk today. A dope MC is not a person who has cold dances and talks about having money and girls. They send a message to people to change the world and help people. The MC helps you stay in school and respect people. I know what it means because in class we learn about a new MC and what they've done. This made me feel excited to learn about more. Rhapsody is a dope MC because she talks about how you're unique, especially with the color of your skin. This is what a true MC is. Yeah, cause I love all races, but we gotta raise them. Cause I know the scales chip, they know no black girl's favor. Hey y'all, we all outcasts, black girl's favor. The blonde Barbie and stars, we all gotta save them. No love lost for whites, Latinos, or the Asians. Lawyer to all, but when I look in these black girls' faces, I understand why I chose to be better, not basic. So it's not, not hard to choose. An MC that inspires me is Rhapsody. She is a dope MC to me because she talks about women. And she raps about how women should feel b- good about themselves, no matter what any guy or woman says about them. She mainly talks about women and how they should be true to themselves. She also talks about how people get treated differently because of the color of their skin and how you are beautiful no matter what your skin tone is. As you can see, this is why Rap City is a dope MC because she talks about how you should be true to yourself. And that is why she deserves to be called a dope MC. She deserves respect. What it takes to be an MC that is that you need to send a message to people and teach people to be you and true to yourself. Also, they say that you're unique and they don't care what color your skin is. They just care that you're unique yourself and true to yourself. That's what it takes to be an MC, like time, common, rhapsody, and atmosphere. Mirth, Nas, Groucho Eli, Aesop Rock, Kendrick Lamar, K9, Chaos, Talib Kweli, Most Death, Prince E. We interviewed Chris Timesio to learn about how he decided to become an MC. Chris Steele is a dope MC from North Denver and he is known by his stage name Time. He is the kind of rapper that doesn't curse in every line like many other hip hop artists do. He started making music when he was 12 years old. 
time is a professor at Regents University and teaches classes on social justice. He is also a journalist and he uses his music to report the news and also tell stories. Meeting Chris was inspiring because he taught us to never give up on our dreams and hopes. He also showed us some powerful rhyming skills. We know you will be encouraged and inspired by Chris and his stories. We hope you enjoyed this interview. I'm staring at the ceiling fan, seeing where it's trying to go Underground trying to flow, hungry like a dinosaur I like Lady Luckman trying to be where the gyno go Looking at the news, wonder what we all dying for Staring at the ceiling plate, jammers for my feelings Propeller for my past Is it still on? Still good? Okay, bars. Alright. So before I came, I talked to a psychic, and I knew all the words you were going to say, so I already wrote a rap. So thank you all for these legendary words. Does everyone have cell phones here? Yeah. Okay, please, we don't need to use them. I just want to know if you know text lingo, right? We got LOL, OMG. We're down here at McGlone Elementary. When I was a kid, I would have been wishing for a teacher just like Mr. Clifton when I used to rap, I'd watch Yo! MTV rap, see Cool, M cool G rap. I wanted to be that man. That was before I heard about Spider-Man and Batman. Comic books, that was my first love. Back in the day, Nightcrawler, why would put no one above? Cause I wanted to be that person, that MC. That person, that person named Time, teaching down at that CCD in Regis University. Never even thought I would go to college. Back in elementary school, I was just looking for that knowledge. While other people were talking about the Broncos and the Raiders, I was worried about my rhyme notebook trying to write away all of the haters. <laughs> then I grew up and I said, what are those? Back to Batman talking about Mr. Freeze. I was trying to get that ice froze. Then I realized I didn't want that ice. I wanted to be nice. I wanted that knowledge. That's the wealthiest price. But I'm not trying to go in chronological order. They want to see what's happening. People are talking about Trump and who crossed the border. But the border crossed us. Did you know this used to be Mexico? But now they call it CO. Really, they took that land back in 1850s. Knowledge nifty. You know that history? You're playing yourself like DJ Khaled. Major history alert. This is that knowledge ballad. And don't say I forgot. Forget me not. History is something that you can't unteach, untaught. Undo those knots inside of your brain that that news helps you tie. Be artistic, because a lot of those textbooks can turn into a lie. And you got to break it down by being creative. Like knowing this used to be owned by Navajo, Arapaho, Cheyenne natives. I don't mean to be explicit, but what I be talking about is there's more to life than just living inside of your district. You gotta go out and travel. That's how you get those knots to unravel. So when people are talking about history books, what are those? You tell them that's knowledge. And that's the way it goes. Cause I'll be doing this, I'll be rapping prolific. Going crazy like Dumbledore or Gandalf, majestic. Majestic. We're doing this for Todos Lobos, that's the mascot. 
You might catch me wearing a tie like Mr. Clifton or fancy like Elway in an ascot. And these MCs, they get burnt up like toast. And I don't really know what's going on, so I be scaring MCs like I'm that scary white ghost. And they don't understand what's happening, so I get them like a haunted house. Cause I'm not legitless. I hope this freestyle right now you remember it cause you are all legendary witnesses. Um, I like how you, um, you're inspired people and you said, don't just stay in your community, go out and search for other things that you can do. Yeah. When, when I first, when I first traveled, we, we toured, so I, I grew up in North Denver, does anyone know Northside? Like Federal and I-70? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I grew up in that area, and uh, we'd always talk about Federal, I, I grew up right, right by Federal, and we were talking about Federal in Colorado when we were rapping in Paris. And we were thinking about how maybe one of the first rappers from the north side. And we recorded everything in this area. My friends from Park Hill and Montbello area. And we learned so much when we traveled. Because you're always told, like, uh, like your place is the best, America's the best. And th that's okay to, to think that and talk about that. But when you travel, you actually see that um, we're all not so different. And that there are great things overseas, stuff that we can learn from here. And I think that's the gift of the podcast and what you're all doing, is you're telling stories. And the more we all tell stories and hear from each other, we all see that we're not so different. Like I have a, one of my best friends is from Iran. And the news is always talking about Iran as being this, this bad place. But they're just people like us. They're in the classroom right now. There's rappers in Iran too. And they're just, they're just living. They just love their family and they're just trying to help their community. I like how you use each and every word on the board, and you still said something very powerful. Um, I would like to add on to Luis because um, I think you're a dope MC because, well, no, not that, um, but you are a dope MC. But um, um, I would like to add on to what you said because you know how you said every rapper is trying to make a message? I think that um, most rappers are saying like, a message that they got money, they got the cars, and I feel like that he's respecting our community by saying um, what other MCs are doing that's wrong and stuff. Yep. Somebody listen, this is for the teachers with no food in the kitchen This is for the artists that never really made it This is for the children who are undereducated This is for history Do you believe that your songs can send a message to people? Yeah, that's that's my hope in sending a message to people My my main message that I try to send in my music is to is to look deeper and reflect To think deeper about society, not just take it as it is and to and to create and to to be positive and give back to your community in a way 
And that's my main message is just sharing information, just coming up with new ideas. So last time I came to Mr. Clifton's class, we did a lot of rapping about Spider-Man. It's funny, this time we did a lot of rapping about Batman. Uh, so after I spoke to Mr. Clifton's class, I wrote the song about Shout for the Voiceless. And what I really meant it as is that no one is voiceless, but we, we all have opportunities to lift up other people's voices. And uh, I wrote that about, about education, how teachers, so one of the lines is, this is for the teachers with no food in their kitchen. This is for the waitress who can't afford tuition. People who are dealing with, with, uh, with money, with issues with poverty and hunger. And uh, really what I was trying to do was just show support for that and expose those issues. Am I correct in assuming that you are a dope MC? So, I love this question. It's, it's, it's cool. Uh, I, I do consider myself a dope MC, but you have to qualify what is a dope MC and what qualifies you as being a dope MC. And I think being a dope MC is not saying I'm the best, no one's better than me. I think a dope MC is someone who's humble, they try to get better, they try to progress, and they never think they're the best because they can always get better. And, and also a dope MC works with others and works with their community. They just don't go hide in a mansion in a Bugatti and sit around about how, how dope they are. <laughs> so I think yeah, being a dope MC is, is really working on your craft. Whatever your craft is, someone, what's a hobby in here? Does someone like to sew, someone like to act, play sports? I like to draw? Play soccer. So if you're a, you're a dope artist, a dope athlete, it's not because you're the best, it's because you love it and you keep working on your craft. Was rapping your first choice as a job? And how did you feel when you wrote your first song? Has anyone heard of the X-Files in here? Yeah. The X-Files? Yeah. That was my wish for my first yeah. job. I wanted to be an X-Files agent. What's that? It's where you like go and you look for like ghosts and monsters. Oh. That was like my first goal. But when I was about 12, I was playing basketball and I had this urge to write a song. And I wrote this song about like basketball and sour cream and chive, like potatoes, chips. I don't know what I was talking about. It was a horrible song. But I felt so good when I wrote it, so I just kept doing it. And, and I released my first album when I was in high school. And as far as feeling successful, I felt successful, but I didn't let that stop me. Like I was saying, I always wanted to keep getting better and progressing. But yeah, I felt, felt really good to write my first song. I, I, find, I find some people, like, just don't, they just don't like rap, and that's okay. And that's how you really know that you love something. So if someone doesn't like soccer or artists, artistry or drawing, and you keep doing it, that's how you know you love it. No matter what other people think of you, you know what's right, and you gotta follow that passion. But I find that a lot of people are really supportive of me being a rapper. And uh, I met amazing people by doing rap. Um, my question to you was, what do you think of MCs that use cursing in every line for no good reason? So, um, as far as cursing, why do, why do a lot of people, why do they curse sometimes? Maybe they're just expressing how they feel inside or something. Yeah, that's a good point. Also because 
those cursing um curse words just rhyme with every single word that is basically on the song. It's convenient, it's easy. What about like when you smash your finger or something? Oh. Oh, oh. it hurts. Why do you why do you do that? Because it just like comes out. So you're mad or it just comes out. So yeah, to to answer your question, first off, so cursing it, it should be part of our free speech. But then second off, we could do whatever and say whatever, right? We already know that, but there comes reflection. So a lot of people who just curse in their rhymes, maybe it's easy, maybe they're just not looking for that creative outlet. So if someone does curse in their music, there may be a time and a place, but I think before you do that, you should you should reflect and see if there's a better way to say something. So you could say, I'm really angry, or you could really express it. So you could say, I'm mad at my city, I'm mad at uh, this or this, the mayor for doing that to the homeless people. Or you could sit down and articulate it while you're mad and replace that curse word with an explanation. Like everyone deserves a right to a house, like the people who are building them in Guatemala. And people have the right to live and a right to space, and we should all treat each other equally, instead of just summing it up into a curse word. So that's that's what I think with cursing. I think it's an option, but you should think deeper before you just do that. Am I correct in assuming that you get treated differently because of the color of your skin? So this is a great question. And are, are you talking about in relation to hip-hop and rap, or just in general? Uh, in relation of hip-hop. Okay. So when we're talking about hip-hop music, right, it's, when did it start? In the 70s. In the 70s. 1970s. Yeah, Brooklyn, Bronx, area, New York. So it originated as an African-American art, art form. So when, when you talk about with race and hip-hop, first off, you have to talk about where it is in the, in the U.S. So the U.S. has a, a very racist history, and it still has a lot of issues with racism, as, as you all know. And I, and I get treated being a, a white male with more privilege in some areas. You look at uh, how white people get treated by the police is better then African-Americans are minorities, which is a horrible, disgusting fact, but it is, and that's work that we need to do and talk about. Uh, as far as hip-hop, I, I know usually a lot of the rappers I know are African-American or Hispanic. Uh, I work with Common. I don't for really think that I get treated differently than I normally do. I think I already get treated good just based on how uh, my privilege is, is seen in, in the U.S., unfortunately. And it's something that needs to be evened out with equality. But one thing I do see is that a lot of rappers who are, who are white, they like take that art form and they appropriate it by getting, uh, by getting cornrows or trying to act like a culture that's not theirs instead of being honestly what they are and expressing their true artistic form. Instead of like ta taking something else and trying to make money off of it. So as far as how I'm treated, yeah, I, d I don't really see that I'm treated badly or anything like that. Um, I would like to expand a little bit on, like, have you ever, has anybody ever said something about you being a white rapper in a black culture? Um, so I, I've had people talk about, well, this is a, um, I didn't expect you to rap because you're, you're a white guy and I didn't think you could rap. I've had that discussion. 
uh, I've actually had a lot of white, like, rappers who are white come up to me and say, how do you do it? How do you rap because you're white? Aren't you, aren't you scared or ashamed? And uh, I had that question. And I told him it's, it's art, it's art music. And, and as, as long as you support the culture and you, you talk about issues that matter, then it's just adding to that art. It's that freedom of expression. And, and that's, what, that's what it should be about. It shouldn't be about stealing an art form or, or something like that. So those are the, really the discussions I've had. And yeah, really just about honoring it and talking about these issues of racism. I think you have that responsibility as a white rapper to talk about your place with privilege and racism in society. Who did you write Fit State of Mind for? So this question ties right back to, right back to Selena's about trying to send a message. So I heard this old Joe Hill quote, Joe Hill talking about 1906. He was a, he was a activist who was fighting for labor rights back in the day. And he said a song, no, and he said no matter how good a poster or a brochure is, you throw it away but a song will stay with you forever. And that was his message about the value of music and songs with sending a message. And that was my goal with Flint State of Mind, to kind of write an article that gave information to people about what's going on in Flint, Michigan. So I wrote it for people in Flint to show solidarity with them with what they're going through. And I also wrote it for people who don't know about Flint and who don't want to read some huge article. They can listen to the song and find out that there's lead in the water and lead is a neurotoxin, so it stays in your brain forever. If you drink it, it's with you until you die. And it can cause serious issues with your learning, with your health. And then I threw in some statistics too. Like they try to save five million by poisoning kids. But people woke up and showed what they did. And the, the whole reason they switched the water was to save five million dollars for the city. But they ended up poisoning kids for a lifetime. Think that's a fair, fair price? No, it's not fair. It's not just. So that's why I try to write and show that issue. Take one. Yeah, I bought my first pack when I was only eight. I walked to the store, put a five on fake. My heart started to race. I pulled out a. Can you expand a little bit on what you were feeling when you wrote Cardboard Gods? So you all heard Cardboard Gods? Yep. Yes. Did y'all even know a lot of those basketball players I was talking about? Yeah. No? Michael Jordan. Michael. Michael Jordan. Yeah, yeah, Michael Jordan, Ricky Card. Yeah, so Cardboard Gods, it, it was about reminiscing or nostalgia, like reflecting back on my, on my childhood of growing up. And I was obsessed with basketball cards. I had tons and tons of them. And this was in the 90s. So you had the first US basketball team. You had Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, Michael Jordan, Akeem Olajuwon. These were all like classic basketball players. Like now you have, who do you have now? You have Steph Curry. You have LeBron James, Dwayne Wade. Kobe Bryant. You have Kobe, he just retired, right? Derrick Rose. So yeah, so this was my generation of, of those classic basketball players. And what I was just writing about is thinking about how much I loved basketball and hip hop and how they all mixed together when I was growing up. 
it's cool it resonated with you all. Who are MCs that influenced you? So some MCs that greatly influenced me. I first heard uh, N.W.A. when I was young, and my my brother played it when my mom and dad went home on a cassette player. If you remember the tapes, and he said, "Don't repeat any of these words you hear." And I, I like decided to try to memorize all of them. <laughs> so uh, that that's what first got me into hip hop. And then Will Smith, Fresh Prince. Does anyone know Fresh Prince? Yeah. Jazzy Jeff. It, it, Nightmare on Elm Street and those oh, songs. Oh, yeah. And then I got into Most Def. Anyone heard Most Def? And then Talib Kweli. You heard him? So Talib Kweli really got me to this point where I started thinking about history because he talked about this book called The Alchemist. You should all read this book. It's an amazing book. And then he talked about the autobiography of Malcolm X. And it was really rap that got me into books. And then the more I read books, the better I was at writing and rapping. And it was like a great, a great thing that worked together with me. Out, Outcast too. I really liked Andre 3000 and Outcast growing up. Why do you call yourself Time? Yes, it's a good question. So, so I go by Time, and this is a, like a cheesy story. So I used to play basketball. I still play basketball at, at Regis. And there was a joke one day. They were like, he's like Time. He can't be stopped on the basketball court. And then it just stuck with me. People were like, hey, what's up, time? In November, and then that was just kind of my nickname. Then when I started rapping, everyone called me time, so it just became, time was already kind of my nickname. So it just went over into rap. Cool. Um, what do you think about Drake? Like, the, the way he um, talks about his fame and his songs, what, what do you think that how do you think about him? Yeah, that's a good question. So, I actually, I actually really like Drake. I like his music. And the, the reason I do like Drake is he started out in this underground fashion. So Drake started working with some great groups, a great group from Detroit called Slim Village. And they had Elzai, Jay Della, and, and Drake really came from this underground movement of the type of rap that really talks about your feelings and uh, feelings of being depressed or down or issues with your family or love and the ups and downs of life. And that's one thing I really respect about Drake is he puts his emotions into his music. And you know, he, he's also a, a commercial artist who also has to sell records. So he talks about, he talks about money and fame and those things too, which is, which is fine. That's his form of artistic expression. I wonder why you were not famous, I mean, why you were, are famous in London, but not here, but not in other, any other countries. Yes, yeah, so that's, that's a good question. Now, when you really look at the, uh, the structure of, of the music business <coughs> and media between the U.S. and overseas, so back in the 80s, the, the goal of radio stations, you all listen to like oh, yeah. KS 1075, something like that? Yeah. Okay. So the goal of radio stations originally is that they're supposed to be community stations. So your community would run the radio station and the community owned it. And then in the 80s, in the 70s and 80s, the laws changed and big businesses started buying all the radio stations. So now there's only like a few radio stations in the state 
each state and they're all owned by pretty much one or two corporations. And there's not as much community involvement with it. Like, how many local rappers do you hear on KS 175? Fetty Wap. Fetty Wap's not local. Fetty not from here. I don't know. You should, you should. I know they, you know. They should have local rappers on there. You should, you should have your community on, on your radio stations, on your TV stations. Because that, that was the intentions of democracy is for everyone to have a voice. And when you have these big, these big corporations coming in and taking over the ways that we talk to each other, we lose who we, each other are, right? When we're going back to my friend in Iran, when we don't hear each other's stories, we start to think we're different. What did your family think about you being a dope MC? Um, so uh, my family has always been, they've always been supportive of it. I don't think they really understood like why I was always rapping and working on stuff. But the first time they, they knew I rapped, I came home late, like in high school, and I told them I had just won an MC battle, like a rap battle. So my mom was really mad, and then when I told her I won this rap battle, she was a little less mad, but still mad. <laughs> and uh, my dad actually wrote a chorus for me one time when I was in the hospital. I woke up and he had a chorus written, and I used it on my first album. So they've always been really supportive. Um, how can you get your ideas when you do a rap? How do I get ideas? So I get ideas from like a multitude of ways. One way is just when I when I go somewhere, I just think about like people's experiences, what they're going through. Uh, I try to look at the conditions of my environment, like the city, like how the city looks, like are there potholes, are there these issues with the, you're talking about the water? And I start to look at the landscape. And then from there, I do a lot of reading. So I, I read a lot of poetry, a lot of novels, stuff by uh, like, Toni Morrison, poets like Alice Walker, Howard Zinn is a good uh, historian that I read. And I have this notebook too. Oh. So I carry this little notebook with me everywhere. And you see, these are all my ideas. So when I sit down to write a song, I open up. So maybe I'm just sitting here and I'm like, like this, this, this area is cool, so I might write about it. And then when I sit down to write a song and I have the beat, I open this up and look at ideas. And then that helps me as well. That's cool. Ooh. I have a so I have an idea, but I suggest it for everyone in here. I have a question. What do you think about rapping now from when they talk about money and girls? That's a good question. So when, when rapping first started, when you go back to the message, like Millie Mel, has anyone heard of Millie Mel and the message? So this was Grandmaster Flash and Millie Mel. So they were talking about their, their communities and how, how their, uh, their community was dilapidated or run down and how it was, there was too many police and not enough jobs and people were being oppressed. So a, a lot of the earlier rap talked about that, those issues. And then it did become more commercialized and talked about more of money and... How do you feel when you have a music video out do you ever feel nervous that people will make fun of your song or say something that you don't really like about your song? Yeah, no, that's a good question in dealing with criticism. So, 
So one of my main goals when I create is not is to make sure it's real to me and that I stand behind everything I create. And then from there, I'm not so worried about what other people think. If they want to give like criticism and advice, it's great. I always take it in. But usually no matter with what you do, like 100 people won't like it and 100 people will like it. And my goal is just to get 101 people to like it. Oh, and put the best, best I can in stuff. Do, have you ever stood up for someone or for one of your songs that someone has like says something bad about? If, if someone usually says something bad about my songs, I don't usually respond because it's just their opinion and I'm usually not too worried about it. But if they bring up an issue in my song, yeah, we'll talk about it. Yeah, usually I just let people have their opinions. I don't defend it or anything. Thank you. I don't know, I've learned a lot from you all today, but I think one thing that we've all been talking about is sharing stories, right? So the more we all share stories, the more we understand about each other. And talking about, I think one major thing to take away, we've been hearing about these elections so much, we need to think about our community and the influence we have by just coming together. How movements, movements matter, so coming together. So when Paul's talking about, you know it's illegal to be homeless in Denver? Yeah. You can't sleep outside. Why? If you sleep outside, you get a ticket. And if you try to put a blanket on when it's cold, it counts as camping and you get a ticket. You can go to jail for trying to put a blanket on. They here? In Denver, Why? yeah. So you That's have to homeless. They can give you a ticket to be homeless. So they gotta put you in a shelter? There's not enough shelter beds. That's messed up. So when you think about this, right, this is simple. Everyone gets this. So no matter no matter who, who becomes the next president, we need to work on the issues in the community. And I think I want that to be the major takeaway. So telling, telling these stories and working together is how we can help our own people in our communities right now. And all it really takes is having good conversations. Telling someone not about the new iPhone, what about this law that you can't put a blanket on you? That's more important than an iPhone, right? Yeah. Not talking about the new Call of Duty game, but how did how did slavery get abolished? Oh, it got abolished from people coming together. That's the importance of movements. And hip hop, hip hop didn't get passed through the Senate. Hip hop didn't get passed through the mayor. Hip hop got created in its own space. Yeah. And then it became part of the language of, of the U.S. And now it's the language of the world. Some bars. ready for some bars? Yep. Yeah, we're again. Okay. Who gave me harsh? They call me time. I'll be rapping from Denver to Asia. Dropping knowledge like Tasia. Oh. You see what happened when I go? I keep rhyming. Cause I got more education than Simon. But I wish I could be as smart as Simon or Melanie. I'll be listening to the radio. Too many lies is what it's telling me. So I get some answers from Nolani. They see wanna say what's happening. I don't really know what's going on. So I'm just trying to eat more like macaroni and cheese. Best believe. I'm talking to these rappers like, please, I need to jump into a new car, I might get myself a Sequoia. 
can go from here to there on a unicorn. Plus I could go anywhere I need to go. Plus I know that I got more knowledge and I keep it up. Stabbing and staying sharp like horns. Like a triceratops. You catch me in my high tops back in the day before I blew out my knee. I would have been sending you a sad face emoji. And I still be here, rapping in Denver, trying to get my flows down to Guatemala. And that's okay, cause one of my favorite drinks is Agwala. And if I can't think about it, I try to think about the catch. And if I can't do that, I might sit down with my pen and start a sketch. And one of my favorite rappers right now is from Compton. His name is Kendrick Lamar, and he keeps on going spitting knowledge. Like something I wanna get up to, like Dr. Dre beats bumping. The other day, I needed to know some facts, so I called up Anthony and Rebecca. Rhymes heavy. Keep on going like I'm in Denver, but I just flew over to Tribeca for a film fest. They want to see what's happening to me, I'm thinking about what's next. I don't know, I see these cops coming up to people, they want to take liberty and taser. That's why I grab my eraser and put it right over Donald Trump, because we don't need any more racism. I got my own vision, whether it's a third eye, a fourth eye, or two eyes. Be doing what I gotta do like C3PO and R2D2 Trying to rap like a Jedi Trying to keep it dope And I don't need a certain flag To tell me who my neighbor is Cause the whole world is my family And I write the truth every time I see a paper, kids Cause I'm that rap ninja And one of my favorite journalists growing up was Geraldo But I hope now we can get some knowledge from Ronaldo the other day, I looked up in the sky and I said, look at all those chickens. <laughs> <laughs> and then a fireball came and they turned into burnt chicken nuggets. <laughs> I don't eat meat, but I gave it to my friend who said they were finger licking. Oh, got some french fries and he said, now I need a double spot of chicken. I said, no thanks. I'm trying to stay with the vegetables and the celery. Trying to get my knowledge, read more books to raise my salary. But not the salary of my wallet, but the salary in my mind. Because that's the true wealth, is the knowledge. The spiritual wealth that we all must find. And I don't know, but every time I look in the mirror and the stare is the same. But I'm just trying to get on a new train of thought. Or better yet, you could call it an error. Interviewing time was inspiring. It inspired us because he told us to follow our dreams. We learned that if you try what you want to be, you will have a chance. He taught us to concentrate on school and track knowledge. Interviewing time was unique and amazing. It made me want to chase my dream. Time inspires people with his own music, and not only with his, not only inspires people with his own music. He sends a message to the whole wide world. Today we learned what it takes to be a dope MC. Did you know not all rappers are MCs? A great MC sends a message to the listeners. They also inspire people to follow their dreams and set goals in life. 
In addition, they encourage us to persevere and lead our community. We hope you enjoy the interview with Chris. If you like what you heard today, you might also like the Cliftomaniac podcast. Interviewing time was inspiring. It inspired us because he told us to follow our dreams. We learned that if you try what you want to be, you will.